What's up, Dex? Not much, buddy. I'm excited today. This is going to be a good so interview. We've been, we've been waiting for this guy for a little bit because he's just busy. He's a busy dude constantly getting some of the biggest photos in the entire world. Like, and, yeah, I, yeah. and I'm and i not joking when I say the biggest photos in the entire world. It's He's been crushing it lately. Jezel is a photographer based, you know, he started in the UK and now he's in LA, but like, it's crazy the stories you see. You know, it's it's actually since he moved to LA, I realized how much of a big deal he is because I see the photos he does. I'm like, dude, this dude is crushing it. So, so it's I didn't realize it until I went to his Instagram and I started following him on Instagram and I'm scrolling through. And I'm like, holy shit. I remember that photo. I remember that photo. That photo was on the cover of every magazine. That photo, like I I helped license when I was at TMZ. That fo- like he has taken so many monumental photos and he's young he's not even like old. Yeah. like i feel like he's been in this industry forever but he's a young dude yeah yeah he's crushing it so before we get to jessel uh dax do you have a review for us i do have a review got it right here it says uh nikki siaba said question for dax and adam i love the show i came from tiktok account and i haven't left i know you guys read reviews on air so i want to ask dax and adam a question if you were set up uh, if you were to set up a lunch for you, your co-host, and a celebrity, which celebrity would you invite to make it awkward as possible? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's a so good, good question. Who, who, I know who I'd pick for you. Okay, who? Alec Baldwin. Oh, shit. That would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you imagine having to sit through lunch with Alec Baldwin? Oh, that would be rough. He would sit there and scowl at you the whole time. Maybe even spit on you, to be honest. Yeah, that would be really shit. I'm actually like thinking about it in my head. I can't even think about it. It's You're really sweating rough. just thinking about having to have lunch with Alec Baldwin. Yeah, that would be really <laughs> weird. Man, um, I think for you, it would be someone like, would you, I feel like you'd sweat it out with, like, I, be honest, I, I don't know. How would you feel if I put Caitlyn Jenner next to you? Or would you be excited? I mean, I'd be, I think Caitlyn Jenner would be a really interesting off? conversation. I don't know. I'm trying to think of someone like Lamar Odom. Like someone's like, yo, you did a lot of bad stories about me. Uh, who would it be? I'm trying to think who I would actually feel uncomfortable around. Um, not not any of those people. <sighs> like you've had you've had to have. A I think. <gasps> I think like, honestly, you know what it would have to. I think it'd Shia be someone. Uh, I think I think it would have to be someone that's super super fucking intelligent and it would make me feel awkward knowing that like i can't compete like i can't keep up a conversation because i know they're thinking that i'm stupid and i would get in my head so you know it'd be like having to have a conversation with elon musk and i know he'd just be like why am i at the table with this dude and i think mentally it would fuck me in my head just thinking like how dumb he must think i am what about Ashton Kutcher? Would that be awkward for you? Yep, there you go. Ashton Kutcher is a good one. <laughs> yeah. Ashton Kutcher. I'd be like, hey, buddy, remember when you blocked me on Twitter? Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. That'd be or remember that other time you uh, punked me and the rest of the TMZ crew for a Pop Chips commercial? Yeah, he would be yeah. – He it would be him. He'd be awkward for sure. That would be rough. But listen – Leave a review for us. That's the best thing you do. Sports and podcast. in a question. I mean, she left a question for us. That was kind of dope. And thanks for following us on TikTok because we're blowing up on TikTok. So it was kind of fun yeah. to see someone came from TikTok to here. Yeah. So leave a review, five star only. And again, that will really, really support us. We really appreciate it. 
Dex. Tell us about our guest today. Our guest today is one of the biggest photojournalists in the world who has photographed everyone from Robert Pattinson, Keanu Reeves, Haley Bieber, Jennifer Aniston, all the way to the Royals. He's also broken some of the biggest stories on the planet. We have celebrity photographer Jessel. Welcome, Jessel. So uh, what's up, brother? I call you brother because we are both in the same occupation. You are a photojournalist. I'm a video journalist. Do you like so you like me, we both consider ourselves journalists, right? And uh, it's yeah. weird that if someone does like political news, real news per se, they're considered journalists. But because me and you dabble, we do a lot of celebrity stuff, are considered paparazzis by the main public. Are you offended by the word paparazzi? It's interesting you say that. I mean, first and foremost, I think we, we work in tabloid journalism and tabloid journalism has an immense reach. It has a massive reach. I think tabloid journalism, the kind of journalism that we do, it can reach um, a truck driver. It can go, you know, it can you know, make sense to a doctor. It can make sense to a CEO of a company. And I just think that with the amount of reach that we have, um, if you work in journalism, I think tabloid journalism is the place to be. But paparazzi, does that offend me? No. I mean, it's just a style, a way to obtain a picture or a story. I think um, that, that's why. That's my opinion on it. So, yeah. Why, why do you think there's such a stigma with paparazzi? Like, trust me, I worked at TMZ for 12 years. I have absolutely no issue. I, you know, I think that there, I think paparazzi is a very important part of the media cycle. You know, people getting out there and keeping celebrities relevant and in the spotlight and in magazines and on websites. And I think that there's a lot of celebrities that also know how important paparazzi are. But why do you think there is a stigma with that word paparazzi? Well, I think the negativity, I mean, obviously the Latin, the, if you don't do it down to the etymology of the word paparazzi, it goes down to the sound a mosquito makes, I think, is that it's the Latin for paparazzi, which is the sound a mosquito makes in here. So the buzzing, the constant persistence and stuff. Now, the negativity comes from a lot of it. It's just like the same way that in any industry, you get bad police officers, you get doctors who will cheat people out of health insurance. And within the paparazzi industry, you get people who will exceed boundaries and, and do things which are unethical, which aren't moral. Um, journalists, the same thing. So I think because of that, paparazzi's get a bad name. And obviously, um, you, know, peace, you know, peace be upon her, the, the late Princess Diana, like um, a lot of hate beyond my era um, stems from sort of the, the car crash because the paparazzi in Paris were blamed for the, uh, for the car crash. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we're going to, let's start backwards and then move forwards. Right, let's, the, who are the big stories that or people you love to cover? Well, if, if I'm deadly honest with you, for me, I like chasing the big stories, like the big news stories. For me, if it's not going on the front page or if it's not top story on the Daily Mail online, I don't really, it doesn't interest me. It really does not interest me. So I've recently just relocated my life, switched over to Los Angeles, but I was born and bred in London. So the biggest stories in London were either political or were royal. Um, the good thing about the Royals are the reach is international because you go into uh, Gelson's down the road, every single magazine on the shelf has a picture of a British Royal on the front cover. So not only are you in your own, you're, you're in your home turf, you're covering a news story, you're covering a subject that has international reach. So I love that. So I used to always, for me, my, the guy that I used to work with myself, our inclination was always towards the Royal family, mainly because of firstly, the reach and secondly, public interest. It was public interest journalism. Um, you know, the, the rules were taxpayer funded. Um, we funded their lifestyles. We paid their salaries. We paid for the buildings they live in. So I felt as a journalist, as a news gatherer, as a paparazzi photographer, I had a right to cover that news. Mm -hmm. 
Now, who like today, let's just say today, who do you decide you're going to go cover today? I mean, we've got a lot of people in the news, but like right now, who is that person? It, it honestly depends. It really, really depends. I was, I was talking to, to a photographer I'm working right now, and I, I just sowed the seed in my head. I was like, you know what, Laurie Laughlin, is that how it's pronounced, Laughlin? Laughlin, yeah. Yeah, yeah Laurie Laughlin, she was, she, she's come out from jail, and her husband recently got released. I just sowed the seed in my head. You, you kind of have to look at the big news stories. I was like, a picture of her now would be good. And actually, on the way to this podcast, I'm not even lying to you, I bumped into Laurie Laughlin, I swear to God. So, like, you kind of sow the seed in your head, but you have to choose a story. Like, I literally saw her. I actually looked to my right. Did you get photos of her or just saw her? No, I got pictures. The pictures are now on the Daily Mail online as we speak. So like the funny, and I'm not even kidding you. I sowed the seed in my head and I saw, I saw her and I was like, okay, that's weird. There's a woman in her car in like a big black SUV. She's wearing a mask. She's wearing sunglasses and she's wearing a weird hat, which said West side, which is totally not her style. And I was like, all right, cool. And I was like, wait a second. One, two, three, four, five, six rattled off like four pictures. My camera's always on my passenger seat. And then she drove off and then I just made sure, checked back previous pictures of her, the car and stuff like that. And I worked it out and it was definitely her. And yeah, everyone's running the story, the post, the mail, the sun, everyone's run it. So yeah, I mean, it was just something I bumped into, but sometimes you fall into stuff like that, but I like to work the story. So if, if the story right now, for example, Khloe Kardashian's in the news, I want to get a picture of Khloe Kardashian. If um, Boris Johnson, the prime minister's in the news, I want to get a picture of Boris Johnson. I have to do what I know will get the maximum reach um, and also, like, which I don't like taking jobs on, which are not interesting to me. If I don't find the job interesting, I don't want to do it. If someone calls me and says, um, I don't know, one of the members of the Hills are at a restaurant. Can you cover it for me? I'm not going to go. Like, they could pay me a shift. I'm not going to go because it doesn't interest me. I have to get something that not only interests me, but also that, you know, allows me to use my whole skill set. So cool. But so it's interesting. So yeah, it's so hard, though, now, because I know from my end, and I'm sure you're the same thing, when they're wearing masks, it's hard to recognize a lot of these people. How did you, So what was the thing that – how did you know it was Lori? How, what, I feel like that being – I could never – that's a great spot. Like I'm a very good spotter, but for Lori Laughlin to drive by me and me to see her, I, I, I don't know how I would be able to spot that. How are you able to – Especially oh, sunglasses hat. I mean that's a full disguise yeah. right there. Things you've got to remember, how many times do you see someone in a beautiful brand new black SUV driving on their own in a car with a mask, sunglasses and a hat on and in Calabasas? Like it was so sketchy. And I was like, all right, I'm about to go to Starbucks, but that's Laurie. I need to shoot this. And I shot it like I, in my head. I was like, it didn't intuition kicked in. And I was like, I need to shoot this picture and then think afterwards. My initial reaction was that's Laurie straight up. Like I was like, that's Laurie. I didn't know. I've never shot her in my entire life. Like, bear in mind, I've only been here a month and I've shot one of like the biggest showbiz pitches like so far. Like, I don't, you, you'll understand this, um, Adam, that when you work in this industry, you don't notice people unless you shoot them a few times, you watch them on TV, you have to kind of study that and then you can understand them and spot them in the street. So that was a very random spot. It was, I genuinely, I was really happy with myself. I was like, shit, that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's so, <laughs> dude, that's so I was like, it just lands in your hand like that. You're just like, oh, you know, that's the best. But like, does it, like, I sometimes think that, like, does it always land in your hand or is the luck calculated? Like, you have to put yourself in a certain area. You have to sow the seed in my, like, you have to, like, try and, like, being in the right place at the right time is one thing. That's happened when you rolled up somewhere and you have bumped into the biggest picture of your life. And you'll work something for 15 days straight up and get nothing. So sometimes that happens. But today I really felt like I put myself in that area for a reason. Um, I was working something a bit more top secret than that, um, which Ooh. I can't reveal yet. But, <laughs> I like but, if, 
But the funniest thing is the top secret thing I'm watching while I was working is not as good as Lauren. So it's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what's a typical day like for you? Like what, what time do you get up? What time do you start working? Do you just read through all the scenes and the websites? Like what do you do? If I'm, if I'm deadly honest with you, I like to be an early riser. So I need to be up. I am up at five most days. If I go to sleep at two in the morning, I'm still up at five. I like to, the thing, the worst thing about this job is health and fitness. You don't have that side to it unless you make time for it outside of the job. So if your work day is from six in the morning till 10 at night, you have to find a way to fit that. And so I wake up very early, 5.30 in the morning, five, work out. And then I like to be, if I'm on a story, if I'm working, I like to be there fresh. Like you want to be there for like eight o'clock is late, 7.37. In Los Angeles, you need to be somewhere at sunrise because people like going on morning hikes and stuff, which is new to me because I roll up to a dress in London, it's still dark, but you can get there at 4, 4 p.m. and the sun still hasn't risen. So like, um, it's very new. I like to get to an address or to a, to a venue or if I'm working story nice and early. Um, and then just see how the day pans out. I like to pick one solid target or story every single day. I think that's important. You have to set yourself a goal. Um, you need patience for that as well. So you need to obviously set yourself a goal and be ready to kind of wait it out. So and then, um, would you say Runyon Canyon is like prime spot to get see celebrities out hiking? So that probably is a prime spot. But see, the, the interesting thing is, is like, I know that a lot of the photographers here will stand outside like Boa Steakhouse or they will kind of um, stand at Runyon Canyon or whatever. Like that stuff doesn't interest me. Like the fun, I like getting the stuff that people are too scared to work or the stuff that requires like you putting in the time, like you put in 10 days. Um, you know, uh, I like stuff like that. That stuff interests me much more than the just bumping into like, Cameron Diaz or shooting Justin Bieber with 16 photographers in like West Hollywood. Like that stuff bores me. Like, you know, like I like a challenge. And I'm, and the, the thing is like the stuff that you spot like that, it doesn't get much traction. If you want to hit the front pages, if you want to get the front of the post, if you want to, you know, you know, splash that on E! News, it needs to be something special. And that stuff won't happen. But yeah, running, I mean, I, I bumped into, I'm running Canada, I bumped into so many people. You see so many people. I remember when I first moved here, I bumped into like Jessica, Jessica Bill on Running Canyon. Like literally, like I didn't have camera on me annoying me. So I just walked past and said, hi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so awesome. So how do you know, uh, you know, they call it, I guess, doorstep. How do you know, is there, can you just say like how you know where they live or is it just like Google is? Hey, I, I honestly, th th this is the most interesting. In Los Angeles, like in this specific area, everything is online. Like it's unbelievable. I was thinking myself, oh, I wonder what, you know, how do I work, go about researching Lori? Just for example, you just type Lori Laughlin house and her address comes up, how much it's sold for. Like everything's in the public domain. Yeah. LA Times always does a story. Variety does a story on it. Complex will do a story on it. The Daily Mail will do a story on it. So like all the information you ever need is available on the internet. So when someone looks at like another journalist and says, how did they get that story? It was probably all available on the internet. There's nothing that cannot be found on the internet. You guys both know this. Yeah, it's actually kind of scary how much is online. What's been your biggest shot so far throughout all the years, all the royal photos, everything you've done? What's your biggest shot? I think, as I said to you, like in terms of breaking stories, um, the, the, the picture that really kind of, I think, excited me the most was it was the first picture. So like I photographed Harry across the years. I photographed him with Chelsea Davy, his like, girlfriend from like three girlfriends ago. Um, I got the first pictures of um, him and Cressida Bonus as well, which is the girlfriend before Megan. But the first picture of Megan and Harry for me 
was like an iconic picture because I knew that was the woman he was going to marry. And it wasn't just about the money. Like I do this job to make a living, obviously, you know, we all work to make a living. You guys work to make a living, but to be able to get the front page of a national newspaper and to break such a massive story for me was iconic. And that's the picture I have framed in my living room right now. It's, it's, it's right there above it. And I like to remind myself that when I go to work in the morning, this is the kind of work I want to achieve. So that was probably the biggest picture in terms of like for me. How did you break that one? How yeah, did you do exactly. That? How, did you get it? how did I get the story? Yeah, how'd, how'd you do that? Like walk oh, us I mean, through that day yeah. when you got that, that photo. That well, iconic if, I'm honest with, if I'm honest with you, so in terms of with, with Megan, like when the announcement made was made that Megan, um, so I live in London obviously at the time, when the announcement was made that Megan and Harry are officially a thing, it was a great story that, um, that a journalist in the UK broke. In my head, I was like, well, cool. This is now something I need to work on. This was maybe eight months before I got the picture. So across that time period, I, I literally went to Toronto. I flew to Toronto like four days after the story broke. I was like, all right, cool. Let's get on a plane and get to Toronto. You can't chase a story from your living room. If I'm chasing a story or working on a story, you need to be in that field. So you invest money, you invest time, you invest knowledge, you take a lot of risk. So again, I said that like it isn't just for money. It's also the, the ability. Like, so that's why a lot of people fail because they're not willing to, to go the extra mile. Everyone will see your picture and say, oh, my God, you're so lucky. You just took a picture on a camera. But they don't understand that, like, eight months of work have gone into getting that picture. But um, so I traveled to and from. I went to, uh, to, uh, to Toronto a few times. Um, I actually ended up, um, yeah, on that occasion, I was in Toronto, actually. One of the best sets I took of Megan was, um, was a set of um, her actually going to a florist. And at the florist, she literally was there. She, was, she honestly facilitated. She posed up for us. She smiled at us, um, me and the other guy I was working with, and we got such a beautiful set of pictures. She talked to us, and at one point she was like um, telling me, she's like, oh, where are you from? I was like, I'm from London. She's like, well, you need to stop wearing that trench coat because we're in Toronto. You need to wear a puffer jacket. So it's like, <laughs> country, it was like, so, honestly surreal. Like, you think that she is, and it was very different to what I expected. So I photographed her there. Then I, I also photographed her, um, and again, you, you need to kind of be in these places for the chance to get the, the two-shot. Everyone wants the two-shot. Um, and then, um, what was it? And then, yeah, so the time I got the picture, actually. So after doing all that work, I went to India. I photographed Megan in India. She went for some charity work. I took a risk. I flew to Mumbai. I managed to get her literally arriving at the airport. And that was the only time I got her. I didn't see her for the next seven days. But again, with the scope of you trying to get something better. And then after doing all of that work, the way I got the first picture was very simple. Someone was at the restaurant she was at and called me. Hey, bro, I think Megan and Harry are at this restaurant. Dropped everything. I was mid-tennis game, put my tennis record down, was in my shorts, ran to the venue. It was Soho House in Dean Street. And I, do, I like to shoot my images without being seen, but I just stood there. She comes out and they were, she was laughing. And I got this clean image, short and flash, nice, beautiful, of them walking towards the camera. Like, you, I would never shoot them like that. But in that moment, it just felt like the right thing to do. And yeah, that's how it happened. It was honestly phenomenal. And I just remember the next day, front page of The Sun. And then every single paper ran it front page the next day, double page. People ran it. You know, TMZ ran it. Everyone in the world ran it. Every single country. And I was like, well, yeah, eight months of work. But I finally just got it because my friend was having uh, fish and chips in the restaurant. So, yeah. So what, is that your biggest payday for a, a photo, essentially, then, too? Uh, I mean, I honestly don't really, like, in terms of, for me, success is defined by the payday, genuinely. I think everyone's always intrigued by, oh my God, like the, the questions you get are, Adam, you know this, what's the most you've got paid for a picture? Who's the most famous person you've ever got? But 
um, for me, success is defined by the front pages. So I love the fact that this for me was my best picture because of the coverage it got and the story I was breaking. Yeah, no, it's there's definitely an adrenaline to it. I don't know about you, but I get like an adrenaline to it. it it's a, it's exciting. It's a rush. And I think the cool part is it's like you did it by yourself. So you kind of get like it's sort of like, holy shit. Like for me, it's like I'm just I just I'm just a normal guy, but I'm able to make this world news and beating out like real journalists because sometimes I don't feel like a real journalist, but I, I am, you know, and it's that's I get what you mean. But financially, did you like a, sh- a shot like that? Does that make over 25K American? I mean, I'll, I'll explain to you one thing. I, I, I'll, I'll talk to, I'll talk to you about something, um, something recent. So I know that the, uh, like the pictures of Kristen Stewart. You remember Kristen Stewart? She was, um, she was, she cheated on Robert Patterson back in the days. I don't even remember. This. INF got the pictures. Like, yeah, I remember absolutely the her, her cracking, were like literally in the cracking, like, oh, man. Yeah. like those pictures for me, like are iconic. But for example, like those pictures sold for like one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. Like, so like. Wow. What I'm saying is, it's like, I didn't take those pictures of it. What I'm saying is like, how big is a piece of string? How long is it? Like, I've had pictures sell for, for $1. Like, honestly, I, I know of sets of pictures that have sold for $500,000. And I know of set of pictures that sold this year for $100,000. Like, there is a lot of money in this industry. Now, I genuinely do believe if you go chasing money, you won't be successful in this job. You have to just chase, just chase success with stories. Like when you are working on a story, right? Like you, I remember like Adam, Adam, I've followed Adam's work for, for a while now. Well, when I say for a while, since we started talking and I like the stuff you did with Mayweather, the Mayweather thing was phenomenal, right? Like you knew there would be a payday, but your aim in that moment was to get a good story. The payday came because it was a good story. But if you try and angle it, I find people trying to force a story. You can't force it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, so I like it. Yeah. I think because we knew we, again, we spoke before. So we both had the same same mentality with it. It's a lot about the relationship that you have with the celebrity. And, you know, uh, you're like the type of person I, th- you know, I'm sure is like, if a celebrity says to you and says, Hey, put the camera down, you put the camera down. Right. Oh, mate. I, I have a number of stories like that. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a, yeah, of course you have to be, I mean, I think that you have to work with moral and integrity in this industry because people will remember. Yeah. But yeah, that's the thing. It was like, do you, do you think they honestly remember and they help you out like long-term or the next time they give you the photo because you listen to them that time and put the camera down? Um, do you know what? Sometimes even if they don't, um, I think that as long as you can go to go home and go to sleep happy, like I'm okay with that because if someone like in my experience, so for example, like one of my memories that comes to mind straight away is like Prince Harry was drinking at some bar in Chelsea and he comes out and he's absolutely like, He's like paralytic. He's like, he's wobbling around. He, he was known as the party prince. Like that was him. I've seen the party prince coming out of place drunk, right? He comes out and he literally sees me and comes up like this and there's no pictures. My camera was down. We sat there for two minutes talking. His car was coming. I didn't take pictures. Like, I appreciate this, man. Thank you, man. Like, and he was just saying, thank you for not taking my picture. I appreciate that. Like, because normally, I'm not, in my head, I was thinking myself that I'm going to be doing this job for the next 15, 20 years. He's going to see me again regardless. Like, and also in that moment as well, someone's asking for their picture to not be taken. You have to have some level of like dignity about the way you work. And that's just me. And if people aren't like that, that's fine too. Maybe I just don't have the balls like other people, but like, I would like to go to sleep at night knowing that like the subject I've shot or the pictures I've taken have been taken with a level of integrity. Have you yeah. ran into Megan and Harry since they moved out here to LA? If I'm deadly honest with you, I actually haven't been working on them. Like, I haven't really, um, I haven't actually attempted to, or it hasn't, hasn't really interested me, you know, because, like, 
I've worked that all my life and I'm actually enjoying working sort of the different circuit of kind of public figures that exist in, in Los Angeles. Um, but I, have, I haven't really, I haven't been, I actually haven't been to Santa Barbara yet. So, um, so yeah. So, you know, obviously you've worked the Royals, you've worked Megan and Harry for years and years, you've run into them, you've seen them. What was your opinion of the Oprah interview? Did you see that this was coming? Could you tell that this shitstorm was going to hit? See, the funny thing, I knew you were asking that question. Um, <laughs> um, I, I think that Megan mentioned some extremely important things on that interview. She talked about um, you know, very, very important issues. Now, what I find interesting is when I, th when I heard it would be an interview, I felt it would be an interview, an interview. And as a journalist, what does an interview mean? An interview is it's even, it's balanced. It was just a conversation. It wasn't, it was a chat with Megan. It wasn't actually a conversation. It was, it wasn't a real debate. Um, and also in journalism, I think people deserve a right to reply. So if someone makes such big sort of claims, I do believe that, um, that people should have a right to reply. So if someone's dropping a big story about an affair or something that goes on, a newspaper or a magazine will always go to the, to the rep and say, hey, we're going to be running this story. What are your thoughts on this? And I felt that that was... That, that kind of led to, I think, discrepancies in the way the interview was interpreted. But I don't want to take away from the issues she faced and the topic she raised. Um, and, and for example, there's a lot of uh, the UK press will discuss how there's discrepancies in what she said. And there is. There's this clear things she said that actually were clearly false. Like, for example, she said she got married four days or something before the wedding. And then the Archbishop of Canterbury was asked and he was like, no, that didn't happen. And the marriage certificate clearly says that she got married on the day she got married. So for me, it was like, what was the need to say that? Like people were going to fact check it. And stuff like that has sadly taken away from the deep issues that she tried to push across. Well, I have a question with that one, because I, I did. I heard that story come out with the, the Bishop Canterbury saying that didn't happen. But do you think also like maybe he was going to get in trouble because he did a backyard ceremony that he shouldn't have been doing? So, of course, he's going to say that it didn't happen. You know, it could be, mate. these people in power, they can get away with a lot of things, but I think the legal form says in it, like the, the actual marriage certificate states, it says the date, which I don't remember what it was, yeah. but it says the date that, the, that, that that was reported. So for me, it just didn't make sense to make that story up. Like, which I didn't understand why she said that. But, um, and what's interesting is, is that like, I've had to kind of like battle between like, you know, my own thoughts. Cause I was like, well, as a journalist, I think that the, the, the conversation was, was very poorly done and done in bad taste. But the topics that Megan raises are important and need to be addressed. Yeah. So, you know, to the Royals, how is it like working the Royals? Do they, are you like nervous working them? Do they travel with a lot of security or are they intimidating? What's, what's the vibe like? Um, like, if I'm honest with you, working on the Royals, it's, they are with police all the time, right? So they're with Metropolitan Police Officers, taxpayer, they're tax funded. So when they go skiing, they'll be, you know, there'll be an army of, uh, when I say an army, a small amount of the these police officers that travel with them everywhere they go. So if they're staying in a five-star hotel, these police officers will be staying in a five-star hotel with them, paid for by the taxpayer. So, like, they're very easy to spot. They stand out like a sore thumb. I mean, if you see an undercover police officer walking on the street in New York, you know it's an undercover police officer. They stick out, right? So um, they, they travel. They travel deep. They have they have guns. They, uh, they have cars, like bulletproof cars and stuff. Um, they are very discreet, but also extremely easy to see. Like for the average, like that's how we, um, whenever I worked in London, we never used to like, the only way we find out information would be through social media and through 
seeing their security just standing on the street. They were just so blatant. Was there security? Like, how is it working with their security? Is their security pretty chill? Are they, you know, they scary? I, you know, I. Do they funny, try to we work don't, with We you? don't ever see the security, so yeah. we just see uh, the photos of them. Well, well, if I'm honest with you, I actually never talk to them. I never. I, for me personally, I feel like if you are. So the, this is another thing I believe in. If you, like, one of my favorite photographers is uh, is an old chap called Henri Cartier-Bresson, and he they call him the the king of candid photography. And he said that for you to take a truly candid image, you cannot be seen. You cannot be like, you cannot be, your subject cannot see you. And that goes the same for the security, in my opinion. So if I get seen by the subject of the security, then the picture I get would not be real. It would be staged. It would be fake. It would be blocked. I wouldn't get the true essence of the story. So I always try to avoid being seen by them, but also because of the protection of themselves. Because if I stood on the street with a camera and a member of the public sees me, I said, oh my God, who's saying that? If they find out it's Prince Harry, one, two, three, four, five, six, by the, by the time he finishes the cinema, you're going to have 100 people standing outside the cinema. So, um, yeah, you always try to stay away. But in my experience, they were all very friendly. They were professionals um, whenever I did counter them. And they, uh, they were never aggressive, although a lot of the time I did feel like their main job was not to protect like, the, the subjects from actual real issues. It was just to stop them being photographed, which I found interesting, which, which is not their job. Wow, yeah. interesting. Yeah. But inter- interestingly, Harry as a kid, he was extremely like he would always try and give his protection officers a slip. So he'd probably go out drinking with friends and then he would just go out the back door and like avoid them so he could party on into the night. So he was very like he had a very interesting relationship with his protection officers. Um and naturally, imagine as a young lad, 18, 19 years old, you know, you're going out, um, you're going out at a pub crawl. You don't want these police officers, these 45-year-old men, like big burly men looking over you as you're trying to talk to a girl. Kind of weird, right? So it was quite funny how he used to give him a slip when he was younger. Yeah. So, like, with the with the body, with the security, though, do they, like, the night when he came, Prince Harry came out wasted, did he, was he with security that night or was he just with his friends? He, he was he was with his friends, but with security. And he was, he was like, he, he, was, he was struggling to stand. I mean, I... I he was a tall guy as well. He was like towering over me. I mean, I'm not that short, but he was towering over me. He's like a big guy. And he was pissed. I could smell the alcohol in me. But um, he, he was really nice. He was, he was friendly. He wasn't rude. He was just like, not today, please. And when someone says that to you, you leave it. And the security were really understanding. Then they looked at him like, okay, cool. They remembered me. So that stuff, like stuff you've done like that with the security will take effect in the future. They will remember that. If you turn up to a job, they'll be professional and say, hey, this guy last time, he was cool. Like we can... We can let him stand back and we can trust that he will not invade our space and our privacy and he'll get a picture. And they do remember, in my opinion. Yeah. So, so Megan kind of mentioned it during the Oprah interview that there is a relationship between the Royals and the media. Can you kind of explain that a little bit more? Because I think that's kind of a valuable thing. Like they really value this media relationship and how they are portrayed around the world. What, what have you seen? I think as any entity, there needs to be a relationship with the media. How do you push your agenda? How do you, how do you release a news story? How do we find out about um, someone going to an orphanage? Like they don't go to an orphanage. A lot of time they don't go to these charity events because they really care about them. In my opinion. They try and do it for the, I mean, it's a bit of both. They do it for the press, but also because they get the coverage. But there is a pack of photographers, like a, a press pack. They, they call them the Royal Road. So they travel around with the Royal family. And there are certain benefits to that. They get access as long as they stay to the rules. Also, newspapers, um, like national newspapers in the UK, uh, People Magazine, for example, they have a, a royal correspondent as well. 
they're allowed to travel with the royal family, but they have to also stick to the agenda of the royal family. So if you go against the Kareem, then there are times where people have been ousted and saying, hey, you're not going to come on this tournament. So there, there, there have been cases of where people have been kind of told this, and if you go against this kind of rule, you know, you're not going to be able to come on this royal tour with us. So that does happen. There is a lot of control of the press. And um, like the palace would throw their toys out the pram if you run a story or a set of pictures goes out that doesn't work in their favor. And the same with stories. Hmm. Have you ever so really the, Sorry, sorry go ahead. No, no, I wasn't saying anything. <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I was just, you know, listening to that. And I'm curious if you've ever, like you, you said you spoke with Megan that one time, but have you ever cool. had like a conversation? Like you said, you spoke to Harry, but like, do you feel that there's actually like a relationship that you have with these people? I don't think I have a relationship with these people, but when, when Megan talked about the press and stuff like that, and Harry talks about the press, like I, in my first experience, it wasn't like that. Like every time I photographed Megan, she's laughed, she said hello, she smiled. And that day in Toronto, she talked about me wearing a better jacket and stuff like that. Is that someone who doesn't like the press? And the funny thing about that actually is as well, is that, like Megan has also posed with paparazzi there. I've actually seen images of her posing and standing next to paparazzi. I can even show you a picture afterwards. She's got a, like, the photographer's got her arm around. He might not have his arm around, but he's standing right next to her. I remember the picture vividly. I remember the name of the photographer. Um, Megan also used to organize setups where she would, um, she would ask an agency, hey, I'm going to be turning up to a restaurant or an event. Can you photograph me coming in? So this, she herself had a relationship with the press before she got into a relationship with Harry. So I feel like she, you know, knew how to manipulate and, and use the media in her favor previous to being a relationship with Harry. Um, yeah. I mean, that's pretty normal, though, right? I, I think both of you guys have shot people over the years, I'm sure, that have called you up and said, hey, I'm going to be so-and-so. That, that's a normal thing that I don't think the general public realizes, that celebrities do that to stay relevant, correct? But, do, do you think it's interesting how you can at one point do that in your career and then it's not like a tap, you just turn it off. All right, guys, I've got to where I need to be now. I don't want anything, I don't want anything now. I want to be able to control the press. And I find that interesting. Like, there's been no acknowledgement of the fact that the press was used to, to, to push the agenda, to help, to, to raise profile. Like when I was photographing Toronto, she was really accommodating. Now, that's not the same person I saw in the interview saying that like the tabloids were vicious and the press and blah, 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 blah. Like that was totally different to the Megan that I saw. But I think that's a, that's a different level though. Like that's, that's pre being just bashed by the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's one point in your career where you're like, Oh, this is exciting. I'm, I'm enjoying this. And then there's another side where you've become so oversaturated and the world has turned against you. And you're like, I don't want this anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I can understand how, you know, it could be quite intense. Um, but I, I also think that like, you know, there was a lot of dramatization of, of the headlines. A lot of the headlines were doctored for the CBS. Is it CBS? Uh, it was on CBS. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so there were like a lot of headlines that had been doctored and things had been edited and stuff like that. But I do think that Megan, you know, did face a lot of, you know, negativity. But, you know, that was, um, I think any celebrity, unfortunately, um, on the public stage faces a lot of negativity. Whether you're Chrissy Teigen, whether you're John Legend, whether you're Cameron Diaz. Um, whether you're Kristen Stewart, everyone faces some form of negativity, which is really sad that that still exists. Has Megan tipped off photographers since she's been with Harry? Um, I, I'm going to have to say no comment. Yeah, No comment? Well, that's not a no. I'm just going to have to say no comment. 
gotcha. <laughs> that's actually really interesting. If all right, I'm, uh, I'm gonna say that's that says a lot. I'll let I'll let you boys interpret that as you wish, but um, um, I can't say it's a categorical no, and I can't say it's a categorical yes. How uh, how is it working, Kate Middleton? So Kate, Kate, Kate is, um, I mean, again, if you look at like the kind of, Kate was great. She was, uh, she was fun to work. She would always be out and about. Um, I often would be driving down the King's Road and you'd just see her shopping. Like you would see her just literally walking down the road shopping. She was very, very, very hands-on, very chilled out, and very discreet. Um, and yeah, very pleasant. She'd always say hello, hi. If you photographed her, she'd say, hey, hey, Kate, how's it going? She would say, I'm good, thanks. And it would be very pleasant. She was always very, very fun to work with. When I say work with, I mean, I just shot pictures. Of her. I wasn't working. Sure. Yeah. Does like, you know, I, I don't know the UK. I really don't know LA. You know, do people try to do video interviews with her? Like, hey, and try to do like a... You know, that, style, see, that style of journalism never existed in the UK. So that TMZ style, like, hey, Lindsay, what are you wearing today? Like, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, that stuff doesn't exist ever. Like, in the UK, it's very much like, keep your distance. You stay on a long lens. Like, there is no conversation. And if it's a conversation, we like... Hey, how's it going? Have a great day. Like there was never ever any video and the video resurgence came um, sort of when Splash, Splash News, they kind of came over to the UK and the video market was very big in America and it slowly, slowly started to open up. But at no point was there any sort of video interviews like candid like that. But that could have been a great market. I mean, that was untapped, to be honest with you. Yeah. You broke so a huge story, though, with Kate Middleton. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's one of my. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us that story? So, yeah, I mean, it was, again, as I said, I like to chase the big stories, but a lot, a lot of the time on these big stories, you're going to have, you know, media outlets from international, you know, every single country in the world. And it was actually um, the birth of Prince George. So she was pregnant. She'd gone into, uh, but she was pregnant at the time. So everybody kind of had a rough due date as to when she was going to be pregnant. So every single country had a photographer there, a videographer there. I'm talking hundreds, like hundreds of people. They set up like kind of ladders and, it was at the front of this hospital. I mean, people who were in, in that hospital actually giving birth at the time were like, why are there people outside this hospital? But the speculation was there. The hype was there. The buildup was there. And it was like every TV channel was running it constantly. And it would be, it'd be from morning till night, morning till night. I'm talking 24 hours. It'd be a 12-hour shift on 12-hour shift, and they'd swap over constantly. And it was for two weeks. After two weeks, people got lazy. They're like, all right, cool. This woman's not coming into labor. Like, is she even pregnant? And... Um, I, at the time, was like, all right, cool. Well, I, I remember reading a story in the newspaper that Princess Diana, this is going to sound so, like, idealistic, but Princess Diana gave birth to Prince William on a full moon. Two weeks into it, it was a full moon. So I was working with another chap, a South African chap, really good guy. And um, we were like, why don't we just give this a go? It's going to be full moon today. Let's give it a go. And then we looked online and we saw there was pictures of Diana going in the back door of the Lindo ring the same hospital where Kate gave birth. I was like, the rules are creatures of habit. They do the same things. I go, let us just do on the work one night only, full moon night. We will stand at the back of the hospital and I have a feeling that Kate's going to arrive at the hospital. And we waited from eight at night and at five in the morning, like as I discussed in my head and thought about the plan, how it worked out, Kate Middleton arrives at the hospital with her security, with her cars, and I'm there. I'm waiting there with the camera. And Kate is honestly, she's like, she is distressed. She's a woman in labor, head was down, and she asked to not take a picture. I literally, even though I'd been waiting there from five in the morning, um, from, sorry, from eight at night to five in the morning, put my camera down and said, Kate, good luck. And that's it. She went in the hospital. 
Then after that, I was like, as a journalist, like, did I need to take a picture of her there? Or what was the story there? A picture of a crying woman going to labor? Of course not. Let her go into hospital. She's about to do one of the most important things of her life. That's the future king she's giving birth to. So me and the other photographer took pictures of security. We took pictures of the cars. We took pictures of the scene. And then I tweeted it saying, exclusive, the Duchess of Cambridge has just gone into labor and it blew up. Like the pictures ran everywhere. They got used in the same way it would have sold if I took pictures of her. Um, the story went everywhere. And I feel like, that was remembered. And there's a lot of people who mentioned stuff like paparazzi photographers, like this guy here chose to not take the picture. And I feel like that has shaped a lot of my future work that has come to me. That's so yeah, it was pretty good. That's, that's a really fascinating story behind the scenes. So, and I think you really did do the right thing because you're right. Like that's not uh-huh. really the moment a, a woman wants to like have her picture taken as if she, in labor is not an easy thing by any means. I mean, us three will never have to go through it. So, and then like, and I think in that moment, I, I felt happy about what I had achieved. And I just felt like as a journalist, I felt like you have to be very honest sometimes in a dishonest world at times. And yeah, that's it really. Do you think they want the attention, the, the paparazzi attention, the royals? People? So let's, so let's, the royals. Ro- um, I, I don't know if they, I think they have benefited from photography in general, like candid news stories. Like a lot of time they'll be like, oh, somehow there's a picture. For example, recently there was a picture of Kate going to a vigil. She went to a vigil for, um, there was a, a lady that sadly went missing and, and she was found murdered. And Kate went to the vigil to like kind of lay a wreath. But somehow a photographer got images. Like, you know, somehow the images syndicate to the press. So the press is used to its advantage, you know, as and when um, it works for them, I feel. Can we talk about your Instagram for a minute? Because you have one of the most fascinating Instagrams because you post up the amazing photos that you've taken throughout the years. And some of the photos that caught my attention were of Amy Winehouse because oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I remember working at TMZ when it was like these of Amy Winehouse, when she was out every night crawling under gates and in her little slippers. And like, it was just, she was fascinating to follow. See things with Amy Winehouse. I only shot her a number of times, but my pictures I caught, honestly, like, I don't know if you saw the one of her in the car, and she's just sitting and she's looking at the camera. That's one of my favorite pictures I've ever taken. My memory of Amy Winehouse was that she was very kind. She was very friendly. She was very understanding. Um, and she just had an aura about her. But she was extremely talented. She had great intuition. Um, yeah, she was just a great presence. And she was just very lively. Um, she, in my experience of talking her, yeah. And I actually saw her live a few times. I saw her do an intimate gig in a pub. So she used to go to her pub called the Hawley Arms in Camden just under the Camden lock sign. And I was lucky enough to see her do a gig. I didn't even take pictures. I watched it. And to this day, it's like grained in my memory. Phenomenal voice. Like it was acoustic without a microphone. Phenomenal. Again, I always, I recommend people follow his Instagram. It's, uh, you know, used by Joe. It's awesome. You just, you just did a recent photo with the star Bridgerton. Uh, what's it's, uh, Reggie, 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 I, this sounds so fake. It sounds made up. I was in like Hollywood. I drove all the way to Manhattan Beach. 
and I pulled up at this house. I see an Escalade parked at the side. I just went straight to the side, and within about six seconds, he came out and walked into the Escalade, and that was it. That was done. I didn't even sit there. And this was at 5 p.m. in the in the in the evening. So I was like, well, I think it's a really good pitch to get it happened like that straight away, and that was it. I left him. I didn't you know. That's it. It was done in that moment, and the picture ran everywhere. It was a very good news picture. But then the sell-by date of that image is 24 hours. After 24 hours, every paper, online, magazine, TV has run it, and then the image is almost forgotten. It's funny yeah. the amount of stories or situations you've told us about today where it's like just you're in the right place at the right time, and I don't right, know, right. like you said, your intuition or what it is, but, man, you're in the right places. Yeah, I think you, it's, it's calculated luck. You have to position yourself you have to work hard but if you're in the right area and also like when you do research you kind of know where you need to be do you understand so like with the royal family for example it was like they were creatures of habit they would hunt certain animals at certain times of the year so you knew in september they would be in norfolk shooting pheasants so you knew they'd be in norfolk at that time and they would hunt every weekend so like you have to put yourself in the position by doing your research and understanding but yeah sometimes it's just sheer luck Seriously, it's just sheer luck. You could have the best camera, you could have the best information, but honestly, someone at McDonald's will take a picture of someone on their mobile phone and that will run everywhere. Like, it really is as simple as that. It's some, it's a lot of time down to luck. You, uh, so you also got Matthew Perry and his new fiance, which I know you kind of worked on that for a while. Can you tell us how that kind of shot came about? Oh yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I honestly just, again, like I, I, was, I was actually working on another story and he just drove past me. So he just drove past me in a certain area of, of, of Los Angeles. So what I did was I did my research and I kind of worked out the nearest property available online that was associated to him. I took a, I took a, I took a guess. I went to, the, went to the place he was staying at and I just waited it out. I waited, 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 waited. It was about a five-day stakeout. And in the end, he just walked out and I got the picture. It was very, very simple from start to finish. But like the, the journey to that was, again, luck. But you have to still kind of do your research and work it out. But it was a, it was a long, long stakeout. Five days for me, I was pulling my hair out. I mean, I'm already going bald, but it, it's 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 pretty tough just to just to stare at a garage door or to stare at a front door for like five days straight. The second you could take your eye off that door, and you could lose tens of thousands of dollars just by going on your phone, scrolling Instagram. So you need to be constantly on it. But like the one thing I always say to people, everyone's like, oh, you just take a picture in your camera. Like for like photography or the videography side of it is 10% of the job. 90% of the job is right place, right time, research, the journalistic, investigative side of things. But if your camera settings aren't on point, you aren't making the money. So that 90% of work will go to waste. Actually, some people could say, you know, again, and I've, I've been told this before, they always say, who are you stalking? Or you're a stalker. How do you respond to when people think or say you're a stalker? Someone said that to me today. Like, oh, who are you creeping on today? I'm like... Well, I always just give them stories of the times I've done, I've shot celebrities. And there was actually one celebrity I shot, I can't even say the name, it's going to sound so, I actually can't. But I shot this public figure, American, A-list, now A-list then wasn't part of a very big family. I think you guys maybe have to guess who it is. Maybe reality TV. So I'm not going to say anything, that's it. It's Kim, it's okay. We got no, it. it's not Kim, it's not Kim. But anyway, the point is I was shooting someone... <laughs> Maybe related somehow. Who knows? But um, okay, it, it was no. So it was um, it was when they were like sort of eighteen, nineteen years old. They came to London, and I was asked, they, "She's wearing a certain outfit. You need to come and shoot at the airport." I got there. I was like, "This person isn't even famous, but you know what? It might. She might be something in the future." I shot at the airport, and the images. So the the, the, the assistant's like, "Oh, we need to do those again." I was like, "Why?" They go, "They're too clean." I was like, "What do you mean by that?" 
we need to do them again, but she has to act like you're not, like she needs to act like, you know, like this, like to pretend that she doesn't want the images, otherwise it looks too easy. And I was like, I've just traveled an hour in traffic to come and shoot some pictures. I haven't come this far to shoot some of hand of this. We did the pictures again and her hand was over on her face and they ran the images. So they ran the images, they mentioned the outfit, but they never go, they didn't go many places because it didn't look like a nice picture. And it was to give the illusion of the fact that it was a candid snatched package when it was actually set up. And it's like crazy how stuff like that happens or when an image is shot on the beach, you have to sharpen the image to make it more grainy because it needs to look like it was taken in a sneaky way when half the time it's never sneaky. It's always taken with the consent you ask. So yeah, like I always ask when, when I go, if you think it's sneaky, I mean, a lot of time, 70% of the time I'm working with the celebrity. You're working with them. You're directly talking to them on the phone. They are, you're messaging them on WhatsApp saying, hey, do you like the image? No, you need to delete that off the set. I, I know that there has been a lot of setups through the Kardashians through the years, but it's like they are the queens of media. So like they have made every right decision that needs to be made to put themselves into the status above everyone else from being reality stars. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they could write a playbook on how to be the most famous people in the world because they've done all the right moves. So it's like, I can't even knock them. I'm like, if that worked for them, good for them. It's amazing. To, to a T. I mean, Kim is an absolute genius. Like Chris Jenner will say, okay, cool. You want to take pictures of us? All right. We can take these beach setups on a beach. Um, yeah. And we want 90% of the sales. We want 90% of the sales and we need you to Photoshop out any anything that we don't want to look good. <laughs> and, 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 these, and these beach sets of Kim were selling for 250 grand. Like they were selling for big money and they would keep 90% of that. So Kim's like, well, not only can I promote myself, promote my products, I also get to keep a nice whack as well. I can pay for some, I don't know, pay for like a, a day on a yacht or something like that. Like that was not even that. She's just staying down at Joe Francis's house in Mexico. So wow. it's all free. Like every, she's getting paid to go walk around in a bikini. It's unbelievable. I mean, I really like, they're so damn smart. The whole thing. Very, like, you cannot knock smart. them. People knock them all the time. I'm like, you don't get it guys. Like these, these women are brilliant. She's played a blinder. She's played an absolute blinder. She's turned her career around. I mean, from how she got famous to where she is now, she is arguably one of the most famous women in the world. How do journalists, photojournalists, how do you guys find out, and us, I mean, but how do people find out the airport situation? How do you find out who's on the flights? Um, I actually never, I don't actually ever, I rarely get information. I think what happens is, is that um, a, lot of, so a lot of stuff, for example, information for me came through call-ins. So newspapers like the Sun, the Mail will be like, hey, we've just had a call in, um, X, Y, Z on a plane. Like, it's as simple as that. Like, someone's called in and said that information. But a lot of the time it's through Twitter, Instagram, social media. You've got like, you guys spoke to the, uh, the, the lovely uh, lady, lady from Demois. And you see that stuff. People are like constantly sending stuff in. Like they're sitting there having their anniversary dinner. And they're like, oh, shit, I need to text Demois and say that Jennifer Anderson's on the table next to me. You know, like people <laughs> are just willing to share that information. Um, so a lot of the information, again, is out there on the internet. If you just type in Cameron Diaz restaurant on, on, on Twitter, I guarantee there'll be Cameron, just sat next to Cameron Diaz at Sushi Time in Sherman Oaks or something like that. You know, like it will just come up. Like, and that's a lot of the information happens like that. A lot of the stuff we got back in the days of Harry and stuff was just sat next to Harry in a pub. I would tweet them back saying, which pub? The Sands End in Fulham. Cool, I'll be there. Like it's as simple as that. It's so simple. I, I know that Justin Bieber's had a very storied relationship with paparazzi. 
you know, some right. good, some bad. How, do you have any good, fun stories about the Biebs? Justin Bieber. Um, you know what? I've actually only photographed him a few times, but he's been really pleasant. He only comes to UK for promo work. Promo work in the UK consists of you going into a building and walking out. Um, very, very simple. He was always very nice. I think the, the, the paparazzi in the UK are very friendly with him because they never see him. Whereas in, in LA, it's a bit different. People see him every single day. They probably know each other on a first name basis. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I photographed, I actually photographed Hayley Bieber the other day. Um, so I actually photographed Hayley Bieber and she was on a beach walking a dog in this very colorful outfit. And she was there on a photo shoot. So I just made myself aware to her. I was like, Hayley, I'm a photographer. I'm here. I just literally saw you as I was driving by. Um, is it okay if I take a few pictures? And she's like, yeah, cool. She walked towards me, literally like a runway, shot the pictures and I left it. So they're very accommodating. They're very understanding. And they play like Justin and Haley, for example, that like those kind of like elk of celebrity really, really play the media to their advantage. Yeah. How, no, for how sure. is Robert Pattinson? Robert Pattinson. Um, he's fine. He is very, very low key. Um, in my opinion, Robert Pattinson always knows that you're there when you're photographing him. He just doesn't want to talk to you or doesn't want to kind of you to be seen, but he knows it exists. So he's very, very, very low key. I photographed him with Kristen Stewart. I photographed him with Suki Waterhouse recently. Like over lockdown, like that's what kept me busy, shooting Robert Pattinson, because it was just such, such a nice, fun pitch to get, but also had such good coverage because he's in Batman. But um, yeah. it's not it's not Robert Pattinson you have to worry about, it's the fans. Yeah, for sure. I was gonna I was gonna ask you about the Beckhams, because I've talked to other paps who have said they're nasty to the paps how what's oh, no, your experience I, been like with I, I, I always avoid shooting the beckhams because of that one reason but my last experience was i was shooting brooklyn so I, i've started like i try and skate every now and then i'm terrible i can't skate at all i can i can use a longboard but i like to go to the uh, skate park sometimes and there's one in notting hill which is right by where the beckhams live he was there he was there with nicola someone interesting i'm gonna get a set of pictures got a beautiful set of pictures and then he comes out and like all guns blazing. Brooklyn Beckham, this small kid, like he's about what, I don't know, 18 years old. He's married now with two kids apparently. And like, he literally runs at me. He's like, what are you doing, mate? What are you doing? And he starts screaming, effing and blinding. And so I'm like, listen, bro, I'm going to leave right now. Like they are, they are very, very protective. They do not like the press. Like they do not like the, the, the paparazzi in general. So the Beckhams are always really hard to shoot. And I try and avoid them because of that one reason. Like I've heard experiences of a, uh, of Beckham kicking sand at photographers on a beach. Like I've heard stuff of him, like trying to drive at photographers when he's driving and stuff like that. He's like, apparently like extremely crazy when he drives and stuff. So yeah, I'm not about that. Because he's literally like one of the most famous people in the entire world. You would think that it's almost like you're used to it at this point. Cause we, we see the people like Brad and Angelina and Oprah. They're so famous and they're used to it because it just comes with a job. I mean, I, I saw Adam like on another level, and I'm surprised he hates it so much. Well, I've seen I've seen Adam pulling up interviews with Oprah. I think to myself that is like Beckham and Oprah, A A A A plus list. And then you've got people at Beckham like who I don't know. Sometimes are just too big for their boots. I've seen him like when he was with fans and stuff. He just like will avoid being seen. One of the interesting Beckham that I've seen Beckham do this. I had a tip that Beckham was at Soul Cycle in the UK. It was like you know it's um, Barry's boot camp in the UK. So he didn't know I was there. I was like across the road, like normal. Beckham walked out of Barry's boot camp backwards. And then he walked backwards in another direction to his car with his face against the wall so that in case somebody was there, he can't get a picture. Now that is a commitment. It was hilarious. And then me and the, the guy I was with was like, you know what we should do? 
we should just take a video of him next time and just put some funny music to it and just put it online. It'd be hilarious because it is so funny. Like it's like it, it was crazy. I saw it and I thought that was very but interesting. That's, what a we like think about that though. Like what a weird way to live your life that you come out of doing whatever and you have to walk out backwards just in case in case there's someone there. But like, there's people been, with yeah. you are got to be like, what the fuck is he doing? To be honest, I just think it's David Beckham, and whatever he does is cool, right? So he can walk backwards. He can he can crawl on his feet, and I think you know what, it's David Beckham. It's still pretty cool. How about Harry Styles? How's Harry Styles? Harry Styles. I mean, uh, so yeah. So when one of the good things about where I used to live when I was in London, I was right by the X Factor studios. So what I would do is I'd work on my stories, but I would always shoot the X Factor because it was massive. They would like print that every single day. Like when in, when X Factor was good. Like back in the days, they would run it. So when One Direction were there, we were first people to photograph them. Like if you look on my Instagram, you see like pictures of them as babies, 16, 17, like not a single beard on their, like pair on their face, like no beard. And they were so nice. They still are. They were lovely. There was times where they'd be at the studio, we'd be playing football with the one, literally the One Direction was like, we can't be bothered to go to studio right now. The next time we're playing, we're having football with them, eating pizza with them. Like it was brilliant. And growing like across the whole time, they were always so nice. Even now, if like, you know, Louis Tomlinson pulls up and like, yo, Jessel, he would know who we are, would shake our hands, say hello to us. Like they understood that we were so big in their kind of initial rights. They used, like One Direction definitely used the paparazzi and the media to their advantage. But um, yeah, they were really interesting. It's, again, the fans, the One Direction fans, they were the ones you had to worry about. <laughs> do, you mind if they, we, uh, do you mind if we play a quick speed round with you? We love playing this with, photographers paparazzi celebrities um we will we'll just name well you know throw something out and you just say the quickest name that comes to your brain yeah go for it all right adam you want to start our speed round sure uh nicest celebrity harry styles about the meanest celebrity tom hardy Mm, okay uh scariest looking celebrity Hmm. prince andrew <laughs> what about the best looking celeb? Hmm. Subjective. It changes seasonally. Um I will just go with keep it plain simple. Angelina Jolie. Okay. Okay. Uh biggest entourage. Oh, Drake. Oh my god. I photographed him the other day. Drake came on a jumbo jet with 30 people. A jumbo jet and 30 <laughs> mate, 50 people, I think. A jumbo jet, an actual massive you, jumbo jet. When you own your own plane, it makes it easy. Right, ridiculous. Everyone like, yeah. Um, All right. What about these? Who has like the scariest security around them? Oh, it's it's, it's got to be. It had to be Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp security was ruthless back in the days. Scary. Okay. Okay. Uh, funniest celebrity. Funny celebrity. Um, I would say James Corden. I love James Corden. He's so James cool. Corden. He's a brilliant guy. We once photographed him in a in a, uh, in a in a petrol station. We were photographing. He came out and gave us some chocolate bars. Such a nice guy. <laughs> he's just a funny, nice guy. Genuinely, as he is on the TV, he really is cool. What about someone that like you thought was going to be a total dick and turned out to be awesome? Probably like Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the UK. I just thought he'd be stuck up, and he was actually really nice. The celebrity that is fakest from what the media portrays him. Hmm. These questions can't be quick fire. You know, they have to actually put some thought into them. Fakest. Um, and Adam, do you mean like, like the phoniest? Like they're not like, like they're we, not we, really yeah. like how we see them. Exactly. Like Paris Hilton like, kind of thing. 
not even like that. Like someone we think is like, oh, we everyone thinks they're the nicest person out there. I'm like, no, nah, they're a phony. They're actually sort of a. Mm, okay. Do you, do you know what? Like, I feel like that's a very hard question to answer. To be honest, with you. I actually don't know. I can't. I can't give you an answer to that. I'm sorry. Is there I'm not being political. No, Are there any right. celebs that act like they don't like paparazzi, but you can kind of tell that they actually do? I think all of them, if I'm honest with you, seriously. Like, I feel like there are people, even if they don't like them, they have liked them at some point in their life. Okay. How often do celebrities DM you? Um, often. Often. Like, if you take a picture of someone, they'll always say, like, even if you take a picture of them, they're like, oh, my God, I love this picture. Can I put it on my Instagram? Like, it happens all the time. Who's the biggest celebs posted one of your photos on their IG? Um, Kim Kardashian. Kim did a picture I shot of her in Paris. She ran it on her Instagram, yeah. And she paid for it too. And then what is well, I guess we kind of covered this one. So never mind. I'm gonna move on to the next question. Who is the coolest and most understanding celeb out there when it comes to poverty? So you just cut out the you just cut out the I said, who is, who's like the coolest, most understanding celeb out there that understands your gig as being a paparazzi? Um, I would say there's a, there is a few of them, but like, I think that like someone like Rita Ora, she's very understanding. She's always very friendly. Um, she'll also give us like a good picture, wear a nice outfit, make sure we get the best picture. She's pretty cool. And then the last, who is the nicest to the fans? Are there do, do, do you know what the the one direction guys are honestly phenomenal like they were i remember i remember they would get stormed there'd be like hundreds of girls and they would take pictures of every single one also taylor swift early on taylor swift jesus christ she would spend like 45 minutes outside a hotel and just take pictures of fans you know who else i think is amazing is uh sean mendes that oh, guy will sure. literally have his fans line up in a single file line and they'll do it and then he'll just go down the line, picture, picture, autograph, picture, picture. It's it's unbelievable. That side of a celebrity's job, I find to be the like the, the craziest. It's, it must be extremely tough. People coming up to you in the street, taking selfies. Like it's just constant for them. They can't even turn off. They could be sleeping on a plane and having worrying about someone trying to sort of touch them and say hello to them. You know? Yeah, it is. It is what nuts. Was, what, what was? The, how are the royals, by the way, with selfies? If a fan comes up to them or someone on the street says, "Hey, can I get a photo?" Were they good to, about selfies? I think there's so at a lot of public events, some of the best pictures are like these weird angles. You know, like you, you know when like, your parents take a selfie it's from that angle. There's like pictures of Kate Middleton with like a member of public taking her as a selfie. She, they do they do it at the public events, but again, security and stuff they're very sketchy about it. But um, some of the best pictures are taken by those like people standing on the sides at cinemas and stuff, like on mobile phones, just like Kate and stuff, because they get up close and personal. It's so interesting. You know, I was thinking while you were talking, did you ever notice yourself any? tension between members of the royal family i because the the reason i ask is i i watched the crown recently and i don't know if you've watched it or not but i felt like they portray a lot of tension between members of the royal family like at all times so i'm just curious if you ever saw that in public if anything ever kind of crept out that you were like oh that was weird that they didn't seem like they were having a good day together um, I, I don't know. I've seen little bits here and there. Like you just see, like you know, do you know you you see articles of people looking at interviews and they, they analyze like language, body language, and and facial gestures and stuff. There's been times where I remember once I photographed Kate and William at a restaurant. It was like a romantic dinner, a friend's dinner, and they were at this restaurant. And when they come out, it's like there's no one there. Like there's absolutely no one there. All it was was just 
It was an empty street. I was a photographer very far away on a long lens, 400 mil, and they come out. And William opens the door to the car and gets in on his own. And then just Kate's just standing there. And like, then she gets in the car. And I was like, that's a bit weird. You wouldn't open the door for your wife. Or you'd at least like open the door and close it for her. I, that, I found that to be fine. But you've seen small instances like that where you see um, – so that I remember once as well there was, a, there was an incident where um, like Harry was like calling his security. He was like this, clicking like that. And I found that to be kind of disrespectful too. Like, so you see these kind of small – things which they would never portray in the public that you can catch um, in a candid basis. What's been the scariest celebrity counter you've had? Um, scariest, scariest encounter probably would be um, when I've been shooting the Royals. So like, I remember like I went and once I shot um, the Boxing Day shoot. So after Christmas Day is Boxing Day in the UK. So the Royals go out shooting pheasant. Now, like just the fact that the Royals have guns and they're like shooting animals, like, if you're standing really far away on a long lens, I'm not saying they, they would never shoot you, obviously, but like just being in the presence of people shooting guns and like members of the royal family, security, it was very, very overwhelming and uh, quite a scary experience, actually. Um, that was quite, yeah, that was quite a tough one. Yeah, I, I got to imagine that one's not an easy thing because you're like one person mistaking me for an animal in the bush not, is not going to go very well. Oh, was uh, that? And I'm not like slip to the left. Whoops, sorry, my hand slipped. <laughs> yeah. So now that you, you know, obviously you worked in the UK for years and years and years. Now you're here in LA. How do they compare? Like, how does LA compare to the UK? Um, I actually find that the, the reach of everybody you shoot in Los Angeles is much higher than that of the UK. So in the UK, you might have uh, someone who's only got the UK newspapers, whereas anyone you really shoot in America will sell in France, Italy, Spain, Germany, UK, Australia. Like if you shoot a picture of Brad Pitt, it's going to make in every country around the world. So I like the aspect of that. Like even if you get a picture that's exclusive all around, it will still make you, you know, good money all around the world. But also you can work some of the best showbiz stories. I remember... I think the first day I worked in Los Angeles, the first day, which was about a month ago, I got a picture of, um, with another photographer, we got a picture of Kim Kardashian without her wedding ring, and she was at dinner, and it ran front page of The Sun, which is a UK newspaper, and I found that to be amazing that I'm in this country, and it was actually quite interesting, on half the page it was Kim Kardashian, and then the front page main story was Tiger Woods, both stories from Los Angeles on the front page of a UK newspaper, so you can just see that this is probably the right city to be in to be working in this form of tabloid journalism. I, I remember seeing that photo. And I was like, oh, that's a great. She was at a restaurant in like some tight dress. I, I remember seeing that. One it was everywhere. it was so weird. She just gave like it like Kim Kardashian in this day and age is very hard to shoot. You don't see her. She doesn't go out. She came to that restaurant. I mean, I had information that, you know, she was going to be kind of coming there. And she got out the car. She stood there for about 10 seconds, moved, flicked her hair, made sure we saw the ring, looked at us, flicked her hair again. And then she could have gone in the restaurant this way and we would have got the back of her. She went the long way around the restaurant, went out, and because it was outdoor dining, she walked through the middle of the restaurant during COVID without a mask and gave us this picture. Like, she wanted us to get the picture, Where which is typical Kim Kardashian. Um, it was Matsi Sushi or something. It was a, a sushi restaurant in... Yeah, yeah. That's the one, yeah, in, um, in, in Beverly Hills. Yeah, so yeah, it was interesting. It was, and it was one of my first kind of experiences and like, she was just giving it up. It was like, honestly, it was like a photo book for her. She knew what she was doing. She knew where to stand and she gave it up perfectly. And like clockwork, the story ran everywhere. Typical Kim Kardashian controlling her narrative. Queen of the media. I, I keep saying that. Queen of the media. 
so let me ask you this. Now that you're in LA, if someone wants to go to LA and find this celebrity, where do you suggest someone goes? I don't, you know, these, all these, like all these tour companies, you know, you've got these buses and stuff. They've got TMZ bus tours and stuff. You know, you'll be working on a celebrity and this bus comes first. This is Justin Timberlake's house. You think himself, that is crazy how that even exists. Like the celebrities truly don't even have privacy here because they, you're going to be on a tour bus and then a car will be going past with a group of, you know, 16 tourists. They'll be taking pictures of your house. So like, the best place to probably see celebrities would be like just generally like Hollywood, West Hollywood, go down to Melrose and that kind of main area by like, you know, where Beverly Hills is, like Beverly Center. They're just walking around constantly. You bump into people. They're living there. When these celebrities go to other countries, they're doing their work. When they're in Los Angeles, they're going to Ralph's. They're going to Walmart. They're going to Soul Cycle. They're just living their lives normally. You will bump into, I don't know a single person in Los Angeles who's not bumped into celebrity. Everyone bumps into somebody. Well, now it's definitely not at Hollywood and Vine. Like I'll tell you that, or you know, at the Grauman Theater where all the the tourists come and they think they're going to see celebs, they're not there next to their handprints. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, but you go down to Los Feliz, you go down to Los Feliz, and you, you know, you go down to like Pubel or something like that, and like you just they're just there constantly, right down Beachwood, any of those cafes. It's just their regular the Gelsons on um uh, the Gelsons in um on Franklin. Like you bump into Charlie Theron there, like. I bumped into, I've been here for a month and a half and I bumped into her twice, like, you know, at the same Gelson's. So like, it's just normal here. It's just the way the culture is. Yeah. How do, who do you, who's the person that you feel like you've seen the most that you've bumped into the most? Who have I bumped into the most? Um, do you know what? I've actually, I've actually bumped into, um, I bumped into Ashley Benson a lot. She lives around the corner from me. So I, I see Ashley Benson at the same gas station. I just see her like, oh, it's Ashley Benson. Like every time I see her, they're like the same gas station. I actually go and say hello to her and photograph her and she's proper cool. But like, I just see her at the same gas. It's like the same gas station. If I was going to fill up gas and she was going to fill up gas or anyone in the area is fill up gas, you have to go there. It's also the cheapest fuel in like the five mile radius, which is important. So fascinating talking to you, buddy. You know, I, I, I appreciate you making time because I know you've, you've been extremely busy since moving to the U S and you know, it's, You've got a, you got a, you know, it, you got a busy job. Whether people want to debate that or not, I think you have a very busy job sitting out there and taking some of the best right. photos that the world is appreciating. Because that's the other part of it that I think perhaps don't get the credit for is everyone loves the photos. The, sometimes they they act like they don't love the job, but everyone loves the photos, right? Like, let's be honest. And so I, I know, like I said, you've been busy and I appreciate you taking some time and hanging out with us for the last hour. Appreciate, appreciate you guys for inviting me to jump on. Man. It was good fun. It's gone quickly yeah. and I was gone very quickly. Make sure you follow his Instagram. It's fantastic. It's views, V-I-E-W-S by J-E-S-A-L. It's, uh, he, his stories are great. It's kind of, he follows journey and it's like some of the biggest photos you see every day. It's shot by this guy because he focuses on the exclusive and he does it. Yeah, in a good way, you know, and I think Appreciate you know, that, guys. I think a lot of guys, a lot of people, we kind of take flock, but, you know, it's great because, again, you humanize what you do and we understand it a little bit more and uh, you're a good dude, man. I wish you nothing but the best, brother. Nothing, man. I look forward to talking to you guys in the future, man. Yeah. Awesome. It's been great. It's been, it's been great. He was, that was fun, awesome. man. He's fun. <laughs> yeah. So dude, cool. Was, I was so excited to talk to him for a while. We've been, me and him, we got introduced from a mutual friend, uh, Jen Peros, who's a uh, an old writer, but she, uh, you know, as soon as we started connecting, we got on the phone and we just kind of hit it off. We came from the same kind of like mentality of an approach of doing journalism. Yeah. But like, again, we get excited about these stories. No one, no one wants to talk to people like us, but I, I could have honestly, I'm not even joking. I could have kept, I knew some of the answers, like how to get the stuff from the airport, but 
Like I just want to. <laughs> but you what? get. But asking it so other people can know, I think, is exactly. Is and you know exactly. what? The paparazzi world is something that most people don't understand or don't know, but are curious about. So speaking to him, him speaking to you, I think it kind of sheds light on this world that people don't know much about. Yeah, no, he's great. He's got great stories. And again, some of the biggest stories in the world. You got to follow his Instagram. It's views by Jessel. It's it's so fun. It's a fun follow. So and again, some of the biggest stories you see out there is shot by him. And he does it in a good way, man. So shout out to him. Thank you for him. For, thanks for him for coming on the podcast. Um, you could find this podcast, the video portion will be on YouTube. You can listen to this on, uh, you know, if you're on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, you know, this uh we're all over it. Follow us on Instagram and all that stuff. And leave us a review. That's the best thing you do to support this podcast. You can find me at, at Adam Glynn, G-L-Y-N. You can find Dax Holt at D-A-X-H-O-L-T. And we'll see you guys later. Media Production.